Hey everybody, and welcome to the Rogue Rebels Podcast! I am here, I am Sal, and I'm ready to talk books. Romantic, beautiful, story... I already said romantic books. Uh, I'm going to talk The Princess and the Scoundrel, and you guys know that when I do books, particularly the romantic books, I don't do it with the family because they don't want to pick up a book. I don't know what I did wrong. I read to my kids when they were little and everything. Like, whatever. They read comics. I guess that's fine. It still counts. So, I instead, in lieu of my glorious, um, totally, uh, what's the word? Totally literate family, they just choose to not read sometimes. I have another guest. Please welcome Laura from the Force Toast Podcast. Thank you so much for having me. I can, in fact, read. So I think we're off to a good start with that. Definitely. That is, I didn't want to say it was a prerequisite, but it is definitely recommended. <laughs> Understandable. Um, yeah, my, my podcast partner has not been staying up to date on reading either. So we're kind of in the same boat there. And I appreciate this time. I get quality time to talk about this book with someone. Yeah, it's good times. And we don't have to just be like, you know, the cover is really pretty. I don't know what it says, but. <laughs> exactly yeah. and it is really pretty though it is it is, that's true so starting there we're going to talk the princess and the scoundrel if you hadn't guessed already by beth revis um and it's totally the like wedding of han solo and princess leia and i don't know when it was released because i didn't write that down because i'm really smart Ooh, august 16th i've got that awesome man i'm glad you're here uh, <laughs> i'm on it awesome i also listen to the audiobook. I do a lot of these things like I usually do the books both ways. I'll read it first, then I'll do the audiobook and then I sort of go back and forth like um so I did the audiobook a few times and I have to say they have dual narration like the the way the book is written lends itself to that cuz the chapters are like Han, Leia, Han, Leia. So all the Han parts are read by like Mark Thompson and all the Leia chapters are read by Saskia Marveld and I've been saying it for years. Like, if y'all just want to go back and do Dark Disciple like this, that's totally cool. Um, Ooh, that's a good idea. I'm just saying. I, <gasps> I get that there are a few books that are like, you know, like that this sort of works with. Yeah. But that's one yeah. of them. Yeah, that that's definitely one of them. God, I just re-listened to that audiobook like a couple months ago. Nice. And it it's it holds up. It's still so good. But I also did the audiobook for for Princess and the Scoundrel um primarily. I think I started reading it and then I sort of switched over to audio and mm -hmm. I loved it. I love the format of the back and forth of the chapters and the different narrators. Like that was really that was a new thing we haven't gotten in Star Wars yeah. outside of like the audio original productions, right. you know. And there's, the, yeah, and outside of the, you know, Dr. Afra and Tempest Runner and all that stuff that's like 40 people. That's like a full cast. Audio drama. Yeah, yeah that was the word I was trying to come up there with. You go. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I really, really like that. Like I said, I, I'm, I understand and I get why they don't do that more often. But in the places where it works, thank you. In this book in particular, it works very well. So that like up that level. And like Star Wars audiobooks are already like top tier. Like yep. they, they, there's music in the background and they, the, and they have like all the little sound effects and pew pews and like everything. Yeah. It makes all the it, difference. Yeah. It's just an added little, uh, 
extra cool stuff. Uh, let me hit you with some business real quick. Go check us out at therogerebels.com. Go like our Facebook page. We're on Instagram and TikTok at The Rogue Rebels. We're on Twitter. Yes, Rogue Rebels fan. Hey there, fellow teenagers. Check us out on the Tic Tacs. Hashtag uh, killing it thing. <laughs> whatever's trending. Yeah, hashtag. whatever's trending. Uh, that, that was like half of a dance. And I only know the dance because I've been playing Old Man Fortnite Night with uh, some of your boys from Blue Harvest, nice. which has been good times. Um, and the uh, the the motto, the core of Old Man Fortnite Night is like, we don't build, we just crush children's dreams. <laughs> I like that motto. Do, you know. It's wonderful. Yeah. Uh, they, we were playing the other night and my kids were here. So like they're on the, I'm on the headset, like with, like, I don't play very many online games. And when I do, it's just me by myself with Iden Versio killing fools in Battlefront 2. And that's it. Um, nice. But so I'm like picking up Fortnite and they're like, oh, like the kids play it. So they're like, oh, like go over here. Oh, go knock those things down and like get some materials. So you have materials. And then Hawes is in my headset going like, Sal, don't, don't listen to them. Do not get any materials. <laughs> don't, we're not, we don't build anything. We just kill people. No materials. You don't need it. Like, listen, we have different uh-huh. goals yeah. here. So they so. Don't, these kids don't know about Old Man Fortnite Night. <laughs> um, <laughs> and that's what it is. Let's see. Star, check out Star Wars Geek Girl. I don't know. I think they're, uh, you know, they're all going back to school right now. In fact, Zoe's like in my hood and like Lizzie is back to school in her hood almost. So like it's a little bit of a switcheroo thing. We got to see Zoe not too long ago. Um, so look forward to possible podcasts with her in the future and make sure you're listening to them over there uh, uh at star wars geek girl everywhere you get podcasts i have spotify polls nobody cares but i enjoy them uh let's see all right laura is there anywhere people can check you out besides force toast star wars yeah Apple? there's lots of places people can check me out so i'm on twitter at shut up underscore laura um, I'm on the same handle at, at Instagram, but I'm not quite as active there. Um, and lately, I really haven't been active on Twitter much either. I'm on a little bit of a I'm on a little bit of a Twitter break, which has actually been really nice. Mm-hmm. Um, but the show that I do with my friend Alice is called Force Toast, a Star Wars Happy Hour, and that's an audio only podcast where we just drink wine and talk about Star Wars. And I am also one half of the Jedi Way on YouTube. I co-host that show with John Roca on his uh, on his channel. So those are the kind of the two main things I'm doing right now. Um, any movie trivia fans know may have heard that the movie trivia showdown is sort of winding down and coming to an end. Uh, but you can go find the archives and find some of my matches there where I used to play the fun trivia game. Rad. Now, I have never done a like Star Wars trivia at a place. And I've always been like, that's probably really, really fun. I might be OK at that. Yeah, um, yeah, like pub trivia, yeah. any Star Wars pub trivia is super, super fun, except I have a tendency to make it like not fun <laughs> because I will show up and like if even a single person is looking at their phone for even a second while questions are being asked, I'm immediately like angry and just ruining it for everybody. Look, so <laughs> I- I'm not trying to tell people how to have a good time, but I'm just saying you you're the the Fortnite old man Fortnite motto might translate very well to you. You can show up for trivia and be like, "We don't build. All we do is crush children's dreams." Here, <laughs> this is trivia night. Get off. We we aren't taking Instagram updates. We are not checking in on Yelp. We are here to crush people's dreams, mm-hmm. and that's it. 
100%. That's a great that's a great motto yeah. and it certainly applies to any pub trivia that I will sadly show up to and ruin anyone's good time. <laughs> we have a we get together uh, some of the Sith list guys. I'm sure you've heard Araj and uh, Les talk about our Thursday nights. Uh, um, of- vaguely, yeah. There was, <laughs> I think, some talk of doing like a Thursday night pizza thing when we were all in town for celebration. Oh, right. And then I think there were like a thousand other things happening because it was celebration. And I don't know oh. if that actually happened or not. Oh, no, it didn't. You should have heard me. I was so pissed off. So Aww. I didn't get to go to celebration Thursday because I couldn't quite get out my work schedule to like I put in for all those days and I did not get all those days. So Thursday was the day I was missing. I work in Anaheim. I live in Anaheim, pretty near the facility. So there were parts of my job where I was looking over the horizon of the five freeway to the other side where the convention center is and being like, they're all right there. Like the High Republic handles happening right now. I bet they're showing some new covers. Oh, Um, that is tragic. That would hurt. That's the one that I wanted to really, really make because I knew that like the High Republic stuff I'm really into, you know, Jedi. It's totally my brand, but um. And then that night, that was the Thursday night where Iraj had been talking about for months was like, oh, we're going to have it's going to be like bro night, but we're going to have like everybody from out of town. And I was like, hell yeah, you know, Struthers, I'm going to have like all my boys there. And he texts me and he's like, well, you know, we're not going to uh, we're going to skip out on tonight because Obi-Wan. And I was like, oh, that's right. <laughs> but I'm not there. So I don't know what's happening. So yeah. I just text him back. I'm like, hey fucking calm down like you can cut the <laughs> night short like we can all show up at seven you guys can leave at 10 so you'll be home and showered and in bed to watch your precious obi-wan at, at midnight like how much travel time do you need bro and then he's like oh no 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 they're having a screening for us at seven and i was like get out of here i don't even want to talk oh anymore. wait so was he like they were in the arena they like all they got, got to see the it arena. first oh but i didn't what know a bunch what was of happening jerks. i was like <laughs> you guys can't make it home by 12 come on like we can go home at 10 and still have a pretty good night you know, yeah. and he's like, yeah, no, we're not going to be there at the beginning part. And I was like, oh, go to hell then. Yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. Why don't you just uh, drop dead? Thanks yeah, yeah, for yeah. yeah, yeah, you do your thing. <laughs> Whatever. I'll see you probably <laughs> never. Um, we haven't seen Araj in a little bit because he just had a baby. Ah, uh, yeah, that'll that'll distract <laughs> yeah. you, I imagine. He showed up. He was like, this is probably the last one because like she's due like tomorrow. <laughs> Yeah, and you know, we, we so you weren't on the party bus, the Sithless party bus either. Mm. So we're, you had stuff on Sunday, it sounds like. Yeah. That was well, Sunday night, right? Sunday, yeah, I had to go to work Monday. So I was like, I cannot party bus with these guys. Yeah, it was really fun. But that was like, I heard. I, that was really fun getting to, I actually had like not really gotten to party at like anybody's house yeah. in at any Star Wars celebration ever. So to go away from all of the convention, uh-huh. you know, area and get to like be in a separate area from that was actually really, it was a nice yeah. break. Yeah. I really appreciated it. And like, not for nothing, like Araj's pad is pretty cool. Araj yes, throws he's a nice got a party. cool party pa- He yeah. does. It's a nice, it's a party pad. It works out. And it was a beautiful night. So we're outside. It was just, mm-hmm. it was fantastic. Yeah, he's got a nice little backyard area. We were at a, we, we did a baby, sh- he had a baby shower, you know. And uh, there were a few people there. And then, like, you know, somewhere along the way, people are, like, doing shots. And uh, his wife is looking over, like, oh, so many people are doing shots for me. And I'm like, uh, for your baby. Yay. It's a celebration. Yeah. Cheers. I was like, it's kind of funny, though. Everybody That's awesome. shots for Lily. Uh, good times. Uh, so, yeah, we've been, uh, let's see, we've been hanging. Yeah, cel- I didn't see you at Celebration. 
No, no, I didn't. I was wondering so, if you were if you had been there at all because yeah. there was one day there where I kind of saw some of the Sithless people. We were like walking to the arena, but I, you maybe weren't with that group. I don't think. I am always like with the family, and I had a lot of other stuff going on, which yeah, I've seen Saber Guild things and different yeah. stuff like that. But um, I did go to Steel's show, Steel's like nighttime show at the packing district or whatever it was. Yes, and, and I this knew is the. The second celebration in a row, I couldn't make that event, right, and I'm disappointed right. just as much as I was the first time that I that, missed it. Yeah, I told, like, I was like, look, that's the one that I'm going to be able to make, because that one's, like, Saturday night, I'll leave early like I usually do, and I only live five minutes away. But I knew that was the one time that I was going to get chill time with everybody, and it was cool. I saw, like, I got to meet Emily Lind for real. Oh, um, cool. You know, Struthers was there, and me and Struthers have, like, met. But we every time we meet, it's at one of those shows and it's like in passing. So this is the one where like I actually like we actually got to get together. And my kid, Axel, likes the bad motivators a lot because their <laughs> show comes out on Wednesday. And that would be when we drive up to the comic store to get our comics. Uh, <laughs> like, that's what he would hear. Like bad motivators, you know. <laughs> And What's so, not like, to like? Yeah, he got all into it. And so he was like, oh, this is Struthers. And like, he plays guitar too. And like, I like guitar. So like, they got to meet and that was like a highlight. Um, you know, King Tom and like all them dudes, like uh, Mark from Pink Milk was there. So like, I knew that was the day that I was going to get to see people a little bit outside of the con. And then it was so cool because uh, Sunday, I think, was the Star Wars Geek Girl little like live panel. Got it. Um, Very cool. And like, a lot of them showed up to like support so like big thanks for like all them dudes like walking up in <laughs> like, uh, and that's great giving them a nice little crowd supporting the kids like lizzie wasn't there because she had school obviously and uh. then axel was filling in as a star wars geek girl but it, it was fine <laughs> um but it was cool like because he looked out in the audience and he saw all the people that he really you know like Arah he knows Araj and less like way back yeah so it was uh i was happy that that they felt real good and supported so big shout out to all those peeps for coming out to support star wars geek girl because that was really really cool amen good times celebration is good times everybody um you may or may not have seen me as a jedi i don't i don't even know if i wore my canaan oh yeah we did uh, we did sunday we did rebels we did all the rebels which is another like yeah see i was gonna say i'm like i'm like a little bit starstruck because i feel like you're like the original Kanan. Like, I feel like before the show even was like a thing, I feel like you guys were like out there and that is just the coolest thing ever because I'm a massive Rebels fan and I love Kanan and Hera. And yes. so I just love that that's like your guys' thing. It just like, it just, oh, it makes me like giddy. It's amazing. It's totally like my thing. But like the thing now is like the kids are all grown up. So now Ezra's taller than Kanan and like... <laughs> You know, Lizzie's gone off to college <laughs> like she, you know. Yeah. Um, But it's like it's it's so fun and it's so cool. But like looking back on that stuff. Like nowadays, every like nowadays, a trailer comes out and like two days later, there's already 17 TikToks of people that made the costume. Yeah, I didn't think about that. You, know, it, like, it, you do totally have to thing now. Yeah. The, but, like, the rise of the influencer has sort of taken over, right. I think. But like back then, like. I don't know. I mean, maybe somebody did that, but like, I don't remember it happened. I remember me like going through those YouTube videos and pulling out every tiny screenshot I could find and making those costumes to the best of my limited abilities. No, and you nailed yeah. it. Like amazing, amazing work then and now. It was good. It was good times. We keep, uh, you know, we keep 
messing around with the stuff as best we can. I'm helping Axel with a Mandalorian because he's like, I'm going to do like a custom Mando for Halloween. And I'm like, oh, it's a big Halloween project. They got a lot of armor. Yeah. <laughs> I was going to say that's, a, yeah, that's a big ask. Is he going to try to do like the Mandalorian mercs, like get into like that whole business too? Or is it just strictly like, like a Halloween thing? I think he's like playing with it as a Halloween thing that maybe can evolve okay. into like something else that he can like take for real. So, like, we could probably, like, get him up something good, but then, like, later, if he's ever going to get Merc approved, we'd probably have to be like, all right, like, let's take in that, uh, you know, one-inch separations on your chest armor, you know, like, all that kind of... Gotcha. Because it gets very uh, particular. Yeah. When you go for approval. I can imagine. But, yeah, this is your your little Mandalorian 101, you know, take a little intro class, see how you like it, see what happens, and then go from there. Paint it up. You gotta yep. forge this armor with your family. <laughs> uh, just made up. Yeah. It is what it is. Exactly. Your family and with fire. Your both. family and with fire. Oh no, the 3D print melted. <laughs> okay, good times. Uh, like love we should. It. Like, hey, can I get? I'm looking into a Beskar helmet. Does anybody have those? They're really heavy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, that would be that would be something to have to carry around either under your arm or on your head. That would it would weigh you down. I think. Yeah. It's like the like when they go jogging with those little like weight vests. Be like, yo, I take your best car for cardio, bro. Yeah, anybody who's doing any of the Mandalorian stuff, I feel like has to do that. Even like if it's not best car, even if you're using like any kind of remotely heavy plastic, it just seems like so much to wear. Look, I've been doing this Star Wars dress up for a while. Jedi Mm -hmm. are kind of easy, and I've seen a lot of these Mandos with their custom stuff. There's one of these dudes, uh, I haven't seen him in a while, but back in the day he had a Mando and he made all the pieces from like, he went to like pick your part and got like a car hood and he made all the pieces from the metal of a car hood. So like when I, he would show me his gauntlet and I would try to pick it up and it was like a head. I'm like, you just wear this all day? Like, all right. Oh man. (laughs) I hope he also wore deodorant. Dude, some of them are serious about it. I don't know about under the suit, you know, I didn't, I didn't stand that close to him in pictures, but hey, you know, to each their own. Yeah. It's, it's, it's uh, you know, this is the way, I guess. Yeah, <laughs> that it is. <laughs> this is the way deodorant. Um, Let's see. All right. I, I have a small news section, but I only got book stuff. High Republic phase two. I'm excited about. So you like, so you keep up with High Republic books, but not necessarily the comic stuff. So I read the main comic line of the High Republic. I'm kind of okay. I'm kind of picky with comics where I just sort of right. pick and choose randomly, not randomly. But usually, there if there's like a character driven something rather than I'm drawn to. Yeah. Um, like I really enjoyed the Rise of Kylo Ren run, okay. and I love how short it was. Mm-hmm. And I really enjoyed the High Republic run. I hate how short it was. I wish it <laughs> had just gone on forever because I absolutely loved those stories, That's like really Avar Chris's way up there for me in terms of like favorite star wars characters Mm -hmm. of all time so that that comic line really did it for me okay right that i really like that comic but i also really like the uh the high republic adventures like the daniel jose older stuff Um, yes yeah my my podcast partner alice was reading them i don't know if she ever finished them but i was reading the adult ones she was reading those and we were Mm -hmm. supposed to be kind of tag teaming the the recap section cool uh but i couldn't get into the the adventure ones okay um let's see but they got like i know phase two is starting and i think the thing that i'm most excited for right now which i did not take a picture of yay uh <laughs> is the convergence book by zoraida cordova 
mm-hmm. I guess that's supposed to be like the main, the big, the Del Rey one, I guess, you know. Yeah, uh, our sort least. of intro to phase two, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think there's one coming out first that's like, oh God, but it's like the young adult one. Ah, okay. Gotcha. What it's called. Um, but the convergence it's about like a jedi and like a senator and the, like the, the one of the characters name is axel graylark so oh God, that's awesome look, just between you and me my kids are like well represented by zoraida cordova because now she has an <laughs> axel character and one of my favorite characters who is the like main character of her book crash of fate is izzy garcy <laughs> And it sounds very close to Lizzie Garcia. There's no way any of those are coincidences. Yeah, no, that's what I like to think. But, you know, I just I'm just happy. Like, I'm like, hey, hey, like and she's Latina, too. So we're like, yeah, perfection. Latinas in space. Um, They also announced Jedi Battle Scars by Sam Maggs, which is supposed to release in March or April. I didn't write that down either. I'm yeah, that one I don't have in front of me. Oh, yeah, no, I think March. You're right, because yeah. we, we talked about this on my show, too. It's March or April, and then there's like an art book coming out in May. So presumably the game might be coming out in May, question mark. But yeah, yeah, I don't know if you play the games or any of this, but like this, is, I love this game. See, I'm not a gamer, but I'm very excited about this book because I feel I feel a little bit left out of the Cal Pestis cult. And I want to join the cult because he's obviously a very beloved character. Um, I haven't heard a single person be like, yeah, I played Jedi Fallen Order and it was fine. Like people just love it. And I am not a gamer, but I want in. So I'm excited that we're getting a book Mm -hmm. and I'll have a I'll have my own way in to learning more about this character. Yeah. Get like this or like what Araj will do is he'll just go to YouTube and like Jedi Fallen Order the movie. Yeah, like, watch like know, the cutscenes. You can watch the four hours of cutscenes or whatever, but it's it's a really good. Oh, it's just such a good game. Like yeah, yeah. I it's on it. my to do list to do that, but yeah, that's a <laughs> that's a big time commitment to sit right. down and watch yeah, all of them. Fair. But fair. I'll get there one of these days. Yeah, and that's one of the things. Like I can do an audio book in my ear while I'm, you know, washing dishes. You cannot yeah. play a video game, right? While you do anything else. Um, I also put here Star Wars Revelations, which is like this end of the year comic like one shot that's going to have oh. like it's going to show it's sort of where all these current storylines are going to lead up to which like right now the comics are going crazy like Sabe and Vader are chilling uh Han Solo yeah. and Chewbacca Afra and her crew and then the bounty hunters um so like after all the war of the bounty hunters stuff stuff like that I am very because particularly the Sabe Vader stuff I'm very intrigued by the Sabe Vader stuff. This yeah. is like, that's a, a, once those are out, I might actually have to go back and, yeah. and dive into those. I think I've read a few of them, Okay, but I would like to know more about what is happening with their vibe. Yeah. And, and scratch that. I think I'm really just interested in what Sabe's up to. Right? <laughs> I've, exactly. I've known what Vader's up to for years. Like there's 72 Vader comics series, but yep. like this is a, uh, yeah. I'm really curious to see where this goes because I'm already like into it. You know, I keep up with the comics and everything. Um, So like the fact that Sabe popped up a year and a half ago or whatever was very intriguing. And now that she is continuing to move forward with all the uh, Crimson Rain stuff that's happening now is even more interesting. So, yeah. And then we got Andor coming in a couple of weeks, which I am super excited for. The show looks so good. I'm excited, but I'm already tired. 
because it's between that and Bad Batch and like trying to do reviews of both. I'm yeah. just like I am I'm like staying up all night when that first that first night when the three episodes drop. I'm like, oh my God, I don't I'm just tired. <laughs> that's it. That's it. Yeah. Uh I this has only happened once before, so I, I think that we're we're gonna do the same thing we did before, which is um Resistance and Mandalorian were on at the same time for like uh, one season. Okay. So I think what we did is we did you know, like one week, the podcast would be about that episode of Mando. Then the next week, it would be about those two episodes of The Resistance. Then the next week, it was like those two episodes of Mando. You know, so we kind of just switched yeah. off each week. Um, so I don't know if we're going to have to do that or if Bad Batch was delayed because I bet you people are like, it disappeared from the thingy video and all that. Yeah, I heard something about that. I'm going to cry BS on it and just assume that we're still on schedule. Because yeah. I like to think optimistically like that. I, I, I will pray for Bad Batch. <laughs> yeah. 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 Fingers crossed. Yeah. Good times. All right. I guess it's time we finally get into the book. The Let's do it. Princess and the Scoundrel by Beth Revis. Have you, like, I know you pick up a lot of the books. Did you read Rebel Rising? You know what? That is one of the few canon novels I have not read. So, oddly enough. Okay, I recently did like I'm kind of like in a Andor prep phase kind of deal, mm-hmm. and it took me back into like a Rogue One, <laughs> like so I read I reread Catalyst, Rebel Rising, and then the novelization for Rogue One, which has nice. like you know Rogue One is already like I think it might be my favorite movie, but Rogue One the novelization has like extra little like oh this is like this is extra parts to break your heart. Yes, um, we're on the same page. Rogue yeah. One is my favorite Star Wars movie, and the novelization is one of my favorites of all of the of all of the movie yeah. novelizations. It's so, especially the stuff with like Baze and and Chirrut, like, oh, right. it just like shatters your heart when you it's, read it. It's really good. And then, um, like, Rebel Rising does a really good job of, like, it totally fills in the gaps between like the intro to Rogue One and the rest of Rogue One, but it does a really good job of of. Uh, of Jin and like her upbringing, like her with Saw, like Saw is just as much a part of like Jin, like Jin's father almost. You know what I mean? Like what she took from those two fathers to become the person that she is in Rogue One, and I really yeah. like that about that book. And it's like like with Jin, it was a totally new character, and I didn't think anything of it. But like in this book in particular, I think there's a little bit of that like family dealing with stuff in leia's story that okay. i did not yeah, see coming yeah. at all um so i guess we're gonna go straight to spoilers yeah screw it straight to spoilers i like this book i already told you i like this book go read the book it has drunk ewoks go read it um <laughs> now spoiler time okay so the book opens on endor it's like right after everything um and basically the whole idea of them getting married is like it's like they basically say they have like, well, you got to like a little bit of time until things pick up again. We know we're like in a place where we won. And it's like Mon Mothma talking to her a little bit. And she was like, you really would marry him. And then it's like, um, she's like, look, if you celebrate, like people will know that it's good to celebrate. Like people will feel that it's time to celebrate. Like people will believe and I, it's a little bit sad, but it's also a little bit cool. Like, I like the idea of her, you know, because Leia is a workaholic, for lack of a better term. 
Exactly. Exactly. I'm like, I like that Mon Mothma was like, you need to lead by example in this situation and go on a honeymoon and have a little party. Yeah. And then Lando throws a party. Yes. (laughs) Like in the, they're still on indoor. Like all this is on indoor. And Lando is like, okay, like we're going to have like a little party. And he's like, he's at the door. He's like bouncing. (laughs) Like for a minute <laughs> because he wants to keep it exclusive. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Like he wa- he's cause he's trying. And then like people start coming in from the pathfinders that he doesn't know. And he's like, Oh, like, yeah, this is kind of, and they're like, no, no, no. We're and they come in and they like start drinking. Cause they have like the good stuff, the, the jet juice or whatever it is that the, like, yeah. the pilots drink. <laughs> and then I'm just going to get, I'm getting to this part because it's the part of the book that I care about most. Ewoks come to the party in their village, by the way. So, like, and, like, 3PO is, like, hey, like, they said it's disrespectful to have parties and not invite them. Well, it's, like, yeah. <laughs> and, and like, of course, like, Han would be the person that would throw a party true. in an Ewok village and not invite the Ewoks. Like, totally that is so true. on point. <laughs> That's so true. But then, like, they start coming in and Lando can't quite bounce them. No. Nope. But also, he's, like, oh, look how cute. They're, gonna, like, going to have a little bit of jet juice or something. But they're grabbing, like pints that the pilots have except they're way smaller <laughs> and there's like some talk about their uh i don't know their bmi or <laughs> size ratio <laughs> to alcohol blood content being an issue uh, uh yes. to the point where they almost burned down their village and i love it <laughs> i remember like one of the first early things i think we heard about this book was beth reva saying one of the things i got to write in this book that i'm very excited for people to read is the ewok bachelor party and I remember being so intrigued by that. And this book fully delivers on that yes, promise. Totally. And if like, if you are, I, I would almost divide this book into thirds. Yeah. Like there's the wedding part and then there's like the honeymoon part. And then there's like the mission question mark part. So I feel like the wedding part is all the stuff that if you were, I don't know, if you're like my age, if you're old man Fortnite night age. <laughs> you might like you know you'd like this might be the part of all those things that you imagined back then like this might deliver on all the like the it, this is all the like all all them talking about the relationship the wedding it's all on indoor all the ewoks they're sort of dealing with the ramifications of return of the jedi and amidst that is stuff that i never thought about which i really 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 like and it's leia uh, kind of dealing with like the vader stuff yeah her that whole component of this book of her coming to terms with that and like getting to be in her head while she's trying to process that like anger really it's like i think is kind of the primary emotion there yeah was so fun this was like i mean this book is so much more than like what it seems on the surface which it kind of looks like it's like an advertisement for the halcyon Mm -hmm. or for galactic star cruiser but Mm -hmm. like it's such a great character exploration of leia yeah Absolutely. And like it, it, there's like it's notes of those things that we don't see until uh, like a lot of this stuff, not even a lot of this stuff. The only time I think that we ever see sort of Leia dealing with that is 25 years down the line in Bloodline. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know what I mean? And, and like this, like her fresh off of it, which I never thought about as a imagine things that are happening person <laughs> watch star wars and had an imagination <laughs> not a very good one apparently um 
that just didn't come into my head. And like the ideas of like, she's, she's also thinking about her brother and like what that means, like her connection to him and like how to proceed with um, the possibility of being a Jedi. So like yeah. all of that is coming. And then like that possibility of being a Jedi, like it opens up, it sort of touches on the Vader stuff again. Cause she's like, you know, the Vader part of it is the part of that power that she hates. Yeah. As her brother like that's the part of the power she's like my brother is in control he's calm he's helpful he's he's like a bright light whereas vader's power was oppressive and and and, and it was horrible and hateful um, and where she's like talking about how she got you know she was like i was like straight up tortured yeah, by this man straight up. and then like my planet was blown up right in front of my face and mm-hmm. he just stood there and let it happen mm-hmm. and the fact that you know she she kind of lets some of that anger like boil inside of her it just like i think it just kind of goes to further illustrate how much leia is like anakin and that's one of those things that i like that this book acknowledges that that Mm -hmm. she has that component inside of her because i feel like you know especially after like just watching obi-wan show there's so much comparison with like her and padme which is great but i've kind of always been on the team of like luke's a lot more like padme i think and she's so much more like anakin yeah, definitely. And I totally agree. And I th- I think that like, yeah, they have so much of that in common, but I also love how much of the, uh, like how much of the organas that she keeps with her. Yeah, Like that's part of like the Mothma thing comes back, you know, she like even a couple of times when Mothma was like, I only wish Bale was here, you know? Oh God, because, the like, whole wedding like scene that, with that, man. That's another thing I never considered, but she's yeah. like literally doing the dream, you know, the whatever her this important day in her life and like the people that she would most want to share it with. Like she has no one, like the only person she has is her brother kind of. Yeah. You know what I yeah. mean? That she well, just like, found just... out was her brother a week and a half ago. Exactly. Like still trying to process you know? that piece of information, yeah. you know, let alone like who her birth father is. But yeah. the fact that she, you know, imagines them so clearly in her mind, like during the actual wedding ceremony yeah. and like those Alderanian customs, and like imagining those as it's going on. I mean, that was the part of the story like that completely ripped me apart. Like I love yeah. any romance in Star Wars. I love a romantic anything. And the fact that the whole kind of first third of this book is kind of that. And there's mm-hmm. such a focus on this wedding. And it was so beautifully written. But man, that yeah. those parts with like Bale and Brea and her thinking about them in that moment. It just was like so shattering and beautiful. Yeah, uh, it's it's I'm like unable to describe it, but if you like you could read that if that's all you're you know, if the wedding's st- like read the first third of this book. Yeah, like it's totally worth it. And you don't even like I would say finish the whole book because it's fun. But like the first third of this book is like unforgettable, almost required Star Wars. Depend like if you're a Han and Leia fan, like what are you doing? Get over yes. here. Well, it's like so perfectly timed with like Disney and Lucasfilm, like following the Obi-Wan show. I think like coming off of that whole adventure with little Leia and then jumping into her wedding X number of years later, Mm -hmm. it was just like, oh, I like I'm not a person who cries at weddings. And this one like fully brought a tear to my eye. It's that good. Yeah. And it's not. See, I don't even know. Like, okay, now I'm also super old school. So old school, in fact, that I read courtship of princess leia gotcha day yeah i don't know how far you've dabbled into legends not at all okay 
like I'm gonna give you the quick like <laughs> I'm gonna give you the quick pitch for the portrait of Princess Leia. Okay, if you don't I'm mind. Ready. Not at all. Thirty five year old spoilers. <laughs> uh somewhere around there. So uh the New Republic is trying to expand to the Hapes Consortium that is like this big, very strong uh strong army sort of like uh, it's a system that is very they're not Mandalore, but they have a lot of warriors and they could help in the New Republic and bring down the remnants of the Empire and all that. This is about four years after Return of the Jedi and maybe three. She, uh, basically, they the terms are of this race that they're like, well, we have this prince and you have a princess. If It's very like old school English, like, oh, we'll have them get married and then we will join the nations. Yes. So Mon Mothma is like, look, like we kind of need this army. Like this might be a good thing to do. And Leia's like, what? But I don't even know. Like, an arranged marriage? No. And then Han hears about it, and he's like, what the hell? Like, who am I? I'm just a smuggler. How can I even, like, compete with some prince of this consortium of systems? He goes out. So you said it's been four years since Return of the Jedi, and they've just been, like, what? Casually dating for four years? They've been, just think of if Aftermath was four years. (laughs) Like, they've been fighting Imperial remnants. The Imperial doesn't disappear uh quite so that's fast. fair that's so fair. they've been like they've still been doing their jobs and they've been together but they, he just hasn't like found his moment or whatever uh, although apparently okay. he missed it on endor because this moment was fine this totally worked out <laughs> but anyway in that other reality he goes gambling he wins dathomir from somebody oh. and then he's oh. like that's what i can do i can give her a planet fuck that prince like <laughs> i could like she then now i can compete um, so he goes back and he kidnaps question mark Princess Leia. Oh boy. To give her the planet to show her that he wants to marry her and this is what he can offer because he's just a smuggler from nowhere with nothing. They crash on the planet. They meet Night Sisters. The prince also comes and crashes or something. Like somehow the prince is there with them as well. Um, <laughs> his name is Princess Solder. They uh, lots of adventure. There's an imperial remnant that's trying to control the planet. They join with the Night Sisters to destroy the imperial moth or whoever, riding rancors, meeting the Night Sisters. And by the end of the book, Princess Solder wants to marry the Night Sister, and Han is going to marry Leia, and everything works out. He he's going to join the Night Sister, but he's still going to offer his help to the New Republic and all that, and it's a happy ending. <laughs> and and I guess what was the the ultimate fate of Dathomir, does it still belong to Han in the Legends timeline? I mean, I would, I, I feel like, like somewhere on a piece of paper in a New Republic bureau, there's a paper that says Han owns this planet, but I don't think he ever goes back. Got it. That's fair. Uh, I, I mean, think, you have to yeah. admit, like, he had gr- good intentions. It's really every girl's dream right. to be gifted a planet. Would you like, so. they have rancors, they have night sister <laughs> magic. I mean, this is before the days of Ventress, but like that. In fact, I think that's like the invention of the Night Sisters. Oh, okay, gotcha. So that that was, yeah, a real thing that they pulled in from Legends into Clone Wars. I love that. Thank you, Dave Wolverton. (laughs) Um, so it's good times, but it's definitely such a far cry of these. I don't want to be like comparing apples and oranges, but my my dude, there was drunk Ewoks. It's an interesting comparison with the sort of more coordinated effort of having 
a Lucasfilm story group overseeing hey, all and, of this story. And people talking crap on the Star Cruiser, I could just say, as a person that's been on the Star Cruiser, I too would like to have a honeymoon there. Um, See, I was going to ask you, I'm like, have you been on, did you get invited with the people or did you like plan a whole vacation and, and pay to go? The answer to that is yes, girl. Oh my gosh. <laughs> we got nice. invited. We got to go to the Star Cruiser. We got put Heck up. Yeah. We, uh, I will say that probably like having a, cause it was like the press, whatever, blah, 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 blah. Yeah. So seeing a lot of familiar faces may have helped our experience. Um, I'm pretty sure I've said it before, but I highly recommend uh, having Matt Martin on your Galactic Star Cruiser experience. Okay. Uh, that's, that's definitely ups, about it. Ups, the la- ups the level. <laughs> um, but man, like it, it's, I don't know how to describe it. And it's definitely, it's not for everybody. But it's the kind of thing that, like, if you can go with it and if you want it to be great, you cannot fail. Yeah. And it like, will be yeah. easily made great if you want it to be yeah. great. If you're the kind of person that's going to walk around and be like, this button doesn't even work or something, you know, <laughs> like you're you're not going to have fun there no matter what. So save your five thousand um, dollars or whatever. OK, can I ask one detail about that yes. as we're like veering off into this tangent? Um, yes. When you went. And you got to go to like the bar and stuff. Mm-hmm. Did they pay for all of your drinks too? Alcohol is the only thing you pay for. Okay. I mean, gotcha. and, and anything from the store, you know, any swag. Yeah. So but. I like, I saw those people posting online, like when all the media people were going and I was just mm-hmm. like, surely Disney did not pay for all of their, come on, come yeah, no, on. No, no, no. When they were sampling them, I'm like, all yeah. right, that's good to know. That makes me feel better. I recommend the Mustafarian, which is apparently their take on like a spicy margarita. Love it. Uh, and it's awesome because, like, there's a whole, like, show involved. Like, they, they, they make the, like, drink part. And then they're like, okay, like, we need the, the Mustafarian lava crystals. Or, like, And then they, like, reach into this thing and, like, open it and all the smoke comes out. And they're getting it with, like, these giant tweeds. Like, okay, uh, hold still. Like, it, and then they, like, give it to you to put in your drink. The drink is an experience. Yeah. It's like those places <laughs> that set your drink on fire before they mix it. Like, look, it's just a little bit extra cool. Um, oh, good time. So, yeah. Uh, it's definitely like one of those places, but then like, it's not, you know, my, my son was just ordering blue milk and he was like, Hey, can you make a, a, this, like he was asking them for stuff that they didn't have, but it's like kind of like they, as if it doesn't have alcohol, they don't charge you for it. And then it's like, they try to make it happen for you. So they're like running downstairs looking for Sprite and marshmallows or whatever the hell he asked for, <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> you know, like, and he's, he's in the, uh, he was in the, he disappeared from us. Like when I went, I was kind of like, I wish the kids were like, this is a place that I would like to take them when they were little because they just looked around and enjoyed the magic. But I think I got a different experience because like we only took Axel. Okay. Because he was in school, she couldn't get out. Um, So Axel got to go with us and he's like 15. So he's a teenager. So I'm like, oh, is he going to be like too old and not care about this crap? No. What happens is he forms his own social ecosystem in the Galactic Star Cruiser, he takes over the uh, sabak table, starts beating all the adults, and then like tells everybody to come down to the uh, dinner room with drinks on him because it's free. Oh my god! And like he's running. The- and then Matt Martin comes to me and is like, "Your son is down there, like holding court for twelve people. <laughs> Some of them are older than him." Um, you're like i am so proud and i'm like yeah and then he's like they're just chasing the musicians around because axel's into guitar and they have like musicians on board like yeah who are playing you know gaia and 
there's one musician i forgot his name but he's like he has a halleck set which is like a really like awesomely dolled up 12 string <laughs> nice okay you know so like axel was enthralled by this dude and so that they're they're sharing music tips over there with the zabrak <laughs> um, that's amazing look it, that's it's, great that yeah. yeah like teenager who was who could very easily just be like so approach it so cynically was yeah. so into it and yeah. clearly got very involved in the story that's yeah. good for him uh so i'm telling you this i uh, we are saving up to go for real again yeah <laughs> i yeah i'm it, trying to decide if this is something i want to pursue too if i want to like try and save for this because i'm like i'm gonna go to star wars celebration in mm-hmm. london and that's an expensive trip it has already been an expensive trip, and it's still like six months away. Right, right. So I, it's Galactic Star Cruiser is probably out of the question for a while, but it's, it's something I imagine I'll probably do yeah. someday. Yeah. Get yourself a little crew. Go yeah. do it up. I'm really sad that I didn't like. I didn't know how far to go, so I was like, because I was like, man, we should bring our costumes and do it. And then I was like, you know what? I don't know. Like, it's a press day, and everybody's like rocking around in t-shirts, and I'm there in like a full cane and armor. <laughs> I don't even know if I'm, you know, the, the airport's going to ask me a bunch of questions. Um, so we didn't like do it. And then I got there and there was like, there was one girl that was like in a full Twi'lek for both days. There was like, there were some like Jedi-ish looking people, you know, like everybody sort of had a little thing. And I was like, I should have wow. at least bought Voss, man. I could have, I could have, I can, Voss armor packs easy. <laughs> yeah. Oh man, that's awesome. That's very cool. So yeah, if we go back, we're going full out. As hey, you should. The Rebels crew is on the thing. Cannon! <laughs> um, you know, I'm sorry. Where were we? There's a wedding. Okay. The wedding itself, <laughs> they get married at this great tree. Oh, sorry. The life tree. Mm, yes. the great tree. That's something else. All right. And it's like, <laughs> like throughout the steps of this wedding, they're not like thwarted, but the Ewoks belief system comes into yeah. play like a few times to where they're like, oh, like as the local like shaman. Like, you know, Logre has to officiate the wedding. <laughs> and Han's yeah. like, no. They are really making it their own. They're making it, their, they're yeah. bringing the main character energy to the wedding. That is not their wedding. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And then they're like, no, but it's okay. Uh, Logre has deferred to let the actual god marry them. So 3PO, <laughs> go ahead. And then Han's like, no. No, absolutely <laughs> no, not. No. <laughs> And then, like, Luke again comes with the say that's like, hey, tell them you don't meddle in human affairs and just defer to me. (laughs) Which I think is so great. I love that, like, Luke is the one who ended up, like, really kind of officiating their wedding. Like, that that, makes sense. That, I think, makes a lot of sense. And it's, like, a really perfect way to sort of tie their friendship, all three of them, together. It's great. They did. And, uh, like, even Lando. Like, Lando ends up kind of being the best. Well, maybe not. Like, Chewie's there, too. But I mean, like Lando's part on up there with them, it seems, in this little image that I found on <laughs> Entertainment Earth or whatever it is, uh, Entertainment Weekly. Sorry. Nice. You know, you there got, is like, one little... really strange detail with this wedding where, like, Lando, or really in this book, where Lando was like giving, loaning Han clothes oh, right. for the wedding because he mm-hmm. was like, "Oh, this like cape is Alderanian or something," and then like later in the book. Han is like, yeah, Leia, remember when I had, like, Alderanian clothes on for our wedding? And she's like, no, you didn't. Like, he <laughs> totally like, was, like, pulling your leg. Like, that <laughs> that was not anything. <laughs> I love that Lando knows exactly how to work Han over. Yep. Like, for that. And it's like, it's like he gives him, like, a, a jacket upgrade. So it's yeah. like a jacket with this little silver stitching that's in, like, the cover or whatever. And he's like, 
yeah, you know, it might be nice to have something like Alderanian since she lost her planet and all. And Han's like, yeah, that's a great idea. <laughs> the intention was there. <laughs> <laughs> and then later he's like, yeah, it was that Alderanian jacket. She's like, that's not Alderanian. And he's like, no. son of a bitch. <laughs> just such a random funny detail of a thing that happened in this book yeah Uh, okay now you've seen like the dress yes they released variety i believe released pictures Mm -hmm. it is a very beautiful dress it's very like i don't know like elf maideny (laughs) yes that's what yeah i think like what alice was talking about with like lord of the rings elvish sort of vibes um i'm very confused by the boots with the fur that we paired with this dress um like i'm here for it boots right (laughs) i guess i'm just like they just look very warm it doesn't look like it's a particularly cold climate i don't know but i love the i especially love the detail on the back side of the dress with like the the flowers sort of all the like stitching at the bottom yeah it's beautiful um don't know who died so she could get that dress but it's very pretty and i think people were asking like pablo hidalgo about the book and he's like all i asked was that the flowers match the flowers in the ewok movie (laughs) and i (laughs) was like like, that's great (laughs) that was the one thing that was his one thing he (laughs) needed he's like you can do whatever you want with the rest of it but i have one request (laughs) make sure sindel's flowers is the bouquet uh so that was good good times perfect um the, the wedding itself is described very beautifully. Yes. And then like there's a part where like then Logre comes out and he starts like he puts their fingers in the tree sap and then like breaks it apart and it makes their rings. But it's like solidified like it's like a weird little thing, but it's like golden, a little bit glowy and it sounds really, really cool. And then it sounds like a fun custom, but yeah. it does not sound permanent. And yes. as it turns out, it's not spoilers. It's not permanent. Yeah. All right. And so then Mon Moth was like, look, I got this perfect uh, honeymoon present for you. I just so happen to have an in with Chandrilla Starline. They are my boys. We're from the same planet. I'm trying to get some revenue up. So you go on this thing. Um, You guys get to have a nice little honeymoon. You can take a week off because we have a comic book called Shattered Empire coming out in about two weeks (laughs) that you are going to have to get to and defend Naboo. Good times. Um, Yes. I remember that. Yes. Great comic. Mm -hmm. Uh, So... They go, they have their Halcyon journey. And like what I like about it too is like I like seeing like I, I, obviously uh, keep in mind I'm biased. <laughs> I like seeing the Halcyon. And I like being like, that's right. They did sign their name right there. I saw it. Um, <laughs> uh, that's right. That That's how the court. That's how the big room looks. It's pretty. Um, but have to take your word for it. <laughs> I got a picture right here. <laughs> it's. It's cool to see them in these places like this because these are the kinds of places where like and it's described like this in the book, like Leia is sort of doing the thing and at home and like there's all these people like it's it's not quite Canto Bite, but you can see that there is like there's a line in the book that's something to the effect of like, oh, these people would be celebrating whether it was the Empire or the Rebellion that won, you know. Yeah, there was like some there were some really interesting sort of real world elements brought into this yeah. book. And for me, that was kind of one of them where like, yeah, the Emperor's dead. The Death Star 2 is destroyed. And it's but it's a big galaxy. And that leaves a lot of space literally for disinformation. Yeah. And the fact that there are like straight up like deniers that mm. are like, I don't think the Emperor's really dead. I think she's lying. I think this is propaganda like and there are all these people that who just don't 
don't care like who's running the galaxy because ultimately it doesn't affect them that much like it's so crazy how some of those real world um those elements do apply to the real world and it's 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 sad but it was an interesting addition to this book and it it sort of rounded out that sort that whole halcyon arc for me in this book because Mm -hmm. they could have very easily just made this like a big advertisement big product placement and i think they did a i think beth rest did a really good job of sort of gracefully incorporating all of those elements into one thing and making it an interesting story. Right. And once again, biased. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But, like this, like, and every time this happens, it, the people are like crying about it and saying how bad it is. Like, the, and it was the same thing for the galaxy's edge books. Um, feel whatever you want to feel about how there's a tie into a park that you can go to. But if you read black spire, that is a great book. Oh, that book is so good. You know what I mean? I love like, that book. Yeah. You could call that a tie-in to Galaxy's Edge to get people to go to Batuu. But like, first of all, I like going to Batuu. Ha ha. And then second of all, like, that is a good book. Vimerati has a beautiful story. Like, it's complicated and it is very, it's like in-depth. Like, it, it, and that's the, I guess that's the beauty of all these stories is just because that setting is a tie to something else, Batuu or the Galactic Star Cruiser, the story like it could have been any ship. It could have been any planet because the story is strong enough that if you could not go to the ship that they had a honeymoon on, it would still be a good book and it doesn't take anything away from it. Yeah. And I, a galaxy's edge, like the black spire novel, that was, you're right. It was like intended to attract fans to the Disney park, but that honestly like did not occur to me while I was reading it. I just right. loved the story and I love Vimorati as a character. And then when I was there, and I could like see her walking around the park. Yes. Like that was really cool. I mean, like it would have been cool even if she'd been there anyway. And I hadn't read Black Spire because I read Phasma. Mm-hmm. But it was so cool getting to sort of see, oh yeah, now I get to be sort of in that story. And yeah, Black Spire was yeah. just a really, really well executed Disney park tie-in novel, if you want to yeah. categorize it like that. Totally. And I just, you know, Phasma, one of the most gangster books available. Hell yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. it does not get harder core than Phasma. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like, it, and was it, I saw somebody posting, maybe just today, I think Delilah said something about Dragon Con, about working on another Star Wars book. Ooh, so good. That That's good news. To anything else that she's worked on, aka Vimerati, that would be really cool. But if it's something brand new, totally about that as well. Yeah, um, love it. Yeah, I enjoy her books and short stories. Uh, let's see. So yeah, they're on the Halcyon. And then like what I said, what I was saying is how I like that. This is a place that Leia understands. Mm-hmm. And this is a place that Han feels a little bit out of place. Yes. Like, yes, he does. He goes to the, to the little, uh, the little cantina area. And he's like, oh, you guys got like holo sabak? Whack. <laughs> like, <laughs> and then he ends up going down to the doors that you're not supposed to be able to open. And then like ends up finding the guys that are just playing you know, cards down in the, you know, the workers just playing cards. Um, yes. And he ends up finding a guy who's like, man, we should totally assassinate that Leia girl. And he's like, uh-huh, <laughs> for real? Sorry, what now? What was that? Yeah. And then he almost throws that dude out of a <laughs> airlock, out of a... As, as yeah. he should, yeah. As his he wife. Lad. What would you it's, do? Totally. It's so funny that yeah. he's like so unaware of the fact that he's getting angrier and angrier as like... Keylad is like such a socially unaware character in this book <laughs> and his voice in the audiobook is so annoying. And so I, I 
was put off from the character from the get-go. <laughs> but one of my notes about Han in this book is that Han is just Han. And he can be a little bit pouty, like, throughout the yeah. book because he's on his honeymoon and Leia is, like, off working. But I love that it's this these interactions that he has on the Halcyon are so true to him because you're right. He is a little bit like fish out of water around mm -hmm. all of these fancy people, but he goes and finds the backdoor Sabacc game that's happening <laughs> like behind closed doors. Yeah. And I'm just like, perfect. That's, yeah. that's exactly what would have happened. And it, I like, I like that idea. Like, I like that. Um, Like Leia is, she's so sure of what her life is. She's not sure how to fit Han into it, like what their life is yeah. supposed to be. And Han is so sure that he wants Leia in his life, but he doesn't know how to fit into those. Like, he doesn't know what his life is going to be. You know what I mean? Like, he's a general, but he's only a general just because he just woke up and they made him a general or whatever. Oh, and that's another thing. He's dealing with, he's lost a year. Another yeah. thing that never occurred to me in this life. Yeah, because it doesn't really come up much like in Return of the Jedi. But Never. yeah, he's he's lost an entire year of his life yeah. where like Leia has loved him this entire time. But she has also lived a whole life in the rebellion in the mm -hmm. course of a year, meeting all these different people, including, I guess, Kira. Yep. Does that happen in a comic yep. somewhere where they actually meet face to face? See, that would be an interesting one to read, I think. Oh, OK, if you like it happens. A so far, it's happened twice. Okay. So there's like a part in War of the Bounty Hunters where they do meet. Um, Interesting. And okay. they like sort of have a conversation. And like that's weird. It. It, it is. Worlds colliding a little weird, bit. But it's also like, I don't even know the stuff that's happened. Just like all the Kira stuff that's happening in comics right now. War of the Bounty Hunters, Crimson Rain is what's currently happening. And it just ended. So we're about to get to what Charles Sewell calls the final installment in his Kira trilogy, it's called Hidden Empire. Oh. And it is like, it's kind of building pretty rapidly. Okay. What do you think her odds are of her surviving well, the last arc? Okay. Uh, <laughs> I don't know, but the way that the this middle chapter is called Crimson Rain, and the way it's framed is there's a person telling the story. <laughs> And the uh. person telling the story says, this story is a tragedy. And I said, Ooh, uh, okay. I don't like that. <laughs> okay. So that like immediately sets me on edge for everything else. Yeah. But but at least they're setting the tone. Like if yeah. this happens, it's not going to be like a massive surprise where the fandom's going to be up in arms being like, they right. killed another woman for no reason. Like it sounds like Why we're, we're building this? to something. Yeah. Uh, the stories are very, very interesting right now. And yeah. uh, like particularly Kira stuff, but the Kira and Leia stuff, it happened again. And it's like, I think the most recent thing that happened is there's like, like Kira's sort of bringing Crimson Dawn back mm -hmm. and they're becoming a player in the underworld with the syndicates and everything. So like Holdo, young Holdo is one of Leia's connections to all of those underworlds. So she's like setting up meetings and she ends up setting a meeting with Crimson Dawn, which is Kira and Leia, about how their aims at this moment can help each other. Yeah. So Leia is like distrustful, but also like, well, like if we're both going for the same thing, then at least we can count on that. Yeah. Um, Interesting. You know. Interesting dynamic. I bet. Yeah. There is some weird stuff happening, but I still don't know like, you know, where it's going to end. Yeah. Um, All right. Yeah. Good to know. Interesting. Uh, let's see. 
So they're on the Halcyon. The quartermaster at this time is Riola Keevan, who, uh, excuse me, back when I rode on the Halcyon during the time of uh, sequel trilogy, she is now the captain, just so everybody knows. So she did very well for herself. Oh, all right. I like that connection. I like the tie-in. So I like that she's like a quartermaster, but she's like, I'm going to be somebody. Yeah. Uh, So that's kind of cool. And also she was there when Leia, because like later on the ship, there's actually a piece. They like talk a little bit and she's like, did you know that Leia Organa was one of the passengers here? They had their honeymoon. And I was like, oh, that's cute. Um, Love that. You know, back in the day. But I was just putting these pictures of like, She's quartermaster, so I think she would be dressed kind of like the regular people that help you, not like a crew member. Was but she was... the one in this book who was kind of like almost acting as like a sort of assistant yes. for Leia throughout? Okay, yeah. got it. And then at one point, Han is like, where are those fried thingies? <laughs> you know, yeah, give me a dozen. Um, uh, again, Han is Han. <laughs> yeah, Han is Han. Interview. And I like his, it's not like, I mean, I guess it is like insecurity, right? A little bit, like, I'm sure. It's a yeah. little bit, but he doesn't have. And then he's also like a little bit jealous because he's like, man, we're here on our honeymoon and she's over here making like promo videos and, <laughs> you know, yeah. all this stuff. Um, So, yeah, the he uncovers his assassination attempt. He tries to kill the guy almost. The guy gets <laughs> caught. They put him in a brig. Um, But the guy, it turns out, is like this guy who was designing like new tractor beam technology because he was really good in this Republic Futures program and that's what Galen Erso was in when he was little. Gotcha. So okay. like I was like, oh that's kind of cool. Um it ties back to that. And then it also ties to squadrons apparently because Okay. They that's what uses that cool technology. Yeah. So he's like an engineer kind of working with like tractor beam technology. Yeah, tractor beam and gravitational yeah stuff um and then there's like one part where like you know because leia's like aware of all these whispers going around and there's like one part where she's like my son was killed on the second death star and she's here i come here to relax and she's here and i was like (laughs) oh my god podcast drama dude everybody calm down yeah (laughs) um but i was like i don't know like what what if Leia decks this person right now? What if in a different universe? In a different universe. What if Leia was more confrontational? Like she has it in her for <laughs> sure, but also she's like trying to make promotional videos, and then she's like, "Well, probably wouldn't go over too well." Well, and it's sort of an interesting like push and pull that's happening in this book because you know she's also hemming and hawing a lot about you know do I pursue force training with Luke? Yeah. Or do I need to stay on this path of like pursuing a political career and like Mm -hmm. needing to remain diplomatic and you know she's she is really good at like reining it in and keeping it under control except when she's kind of just like simmering in her own head and she's anger angry about the vader stuff yeah but it's an interesting it's just one of the more interesting things about this book for me is like it it feels more like a leia story than a han story i think and because of that whole push and pull of do I do force training or do I pursue politics? Like we get to see a lot of sides of her and I enjoy being in her head while she's trying to figure this stuff out. That's for sure. Like the, I I think like, I think it's equal, but I just think that Leia's struggles are a lot more complicated and interesting than Han being like, I don't know if I fit with these nice clothes. Right. Like, (laughs) you know what I mean? Like 
his struggle is he wants to be a part of Leia's life and he doesn't know if he can. And also, if somebody tries to kill his wife, he's going to kill him. Yeah. And where to yeah. find the good Sabak game. Like, that's his struggles. <laughs> and also, like, he's got some questions because he lost a year. Yeah. Um, Which is understandable. Yeah. And he doesn't like cold things. No. Imagine, you know, yeah. spending any amount of time on Hoth and then having to go back to an ice world. Be yeah. like, I'd be like, and no, this is not my first choice. Yeah. I would I would have voted against this, actually. So there's like one part in the book where she's receiving messages from the spokesman or whatever guy, Drayan Yens from a planet called Madur's. And it seems like he might want some help or reach out diplomatically, but she can't quite like, like it's not so overt. Yeah, so she can't like, read him through the yeah, message. But she's she thinks that's what's happening. So she's trying to see if she can divert the entire honeymoon there. <laughs> And the captain of the ships is like, I'm sorry, we're supposed to look at some really cool meteor showers. And then Han is like, oh, yeah, you guys are going there, man. That's so dangerous. And he's like, what? <laughs> yeah, man. Like, oh, like, we lost like 13 ships and we were there before, bro. It's super <laughs> rough ever since that uh, something something blew up in that battle. There's so much more debris. And he's like, oh, didn't know it was unsafe. And then she's like, what about the beautiful ice art and palaces of Madur's? Yeah. And he's like, yeah, I guess that's fine. And then they go there. And then, like, Han is like, so what was that about? And she's like, wait, you don't even know what that was about? And, like, he's like, yeah, well, look, I'm going to back you up no matter what. I'm your husband. He's like, but yeah, I backed your play, man. Like, now fill me in. Oh, What's yeah. Going no, no. On? He says, I backed your con. And then she's like, excuse me? <laughs> <laughs> like, so I thought that was a really cute first fight, which led to him going to get a dozen of those chocolate donuts or whatever the hell they were. <laughs> Yeah. Wait, so wait, did you not get any of whatever this like fry, deep fried thing was while you were on the Halcyon? Look, there were a lot of treats and they were really, really good. I have to tell you. Okay. Um, yeah, I buy that. that there I was don't a lot of good remember food. the names, um, but I'm going to say, now, you know, my daughter is a chef, right? My daughter goes to school. She goes to the Culinary Institute to be a chef. Oh, my. I don't know. I didn't know that. That's okay. cool. I've had good food. Also, yeah. we're pretty Mexican, like fucking we know how to make good tacos. We know how to make salsa. My wife makes the best salsa in the world. My mom makes the best guacamole. It's good. I believe to it. be here yeah, in California. Now, the food on this particular excursion, they didn't do tacos, which is fine, I guess. Um, but it was damn good food. The presentation, impeccable, of course. Uh, nice. But, like, nothing that I had on that Star Cruiser was disappointing at all. I believe it. And I hope that would be the case with the yeah. price point. And, like, the dinners were, uh, like, the dinners were, like, I don't know how to describe it other than the dinners were, like, course experiences. Wow. Okay. Like a tasting menu type yeah. of deal. Nice. So, like, one of the ones that stands out in my mind was one of the like first courses for one of the dinners is they bring you out. It's like three buns, like almost like steamed pork buns or what? Like they weren't all, yeah. you know, there were three different kinds and then there was four different sauces. So the idea was you would try like each bite could be different. You know what I mean? You could try this one with that sauce and then that one with this sauce and then this one with both sauces or whatever. Like, so, See, this sounds like it would be like a great experience just for any sort of like foodie. Like, like yeah. Star Wars, you can have whatever opinion you want on it, but like that's really interesting. I didn't know that that was like a component of this yeah. of the voyage. And here I am, like when we signed up for the things, 
mo- like the breakfast and lunch is pretty much like buffet style. So yeah. you just like grab whatever. And it's all good. It's all great food. Everything's good. Like I said, I wasn't disappointed with anything. But the dinners are very much orchestrated sit down experiences. Yeah. It's and an event. The uh like the one dinner, like they they have like, oh, don't forget it. Like 530, you're going to have dinner with Gaia, you know, and it's like yeah. it, it, they have a musical experience. And here I am like, OK, I'm going to sit down. They're going to feed me food while I watch the like show. Yeah. You know, but the food was really good. And the show was amazing. Like the things that I thought was not going to be the experience ended up being some of the best experiences. And that went for a lot of the ship stuff as well. Like the show parts were great and cool. And you look up and you're like, oh, no, there's a stormtrooper coming or whatever. Yeah. But like the walking around and the people, like it sounds dumb, but like the the crew will be like, oh, that's right. Like you guys are the blah, 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 blah. from Lothal. Like because they'll remember what you said to them Aww. yesterday. Like little stuff like that. It sounds dumb, but I'm like, oh, you remember my drink. Oh, you remember my name. Yeah, that's right. We are from Lothal. Um and that's they all, awesome. Like they, all, they really try to make it like a meaningful experience. Totally. And they all have their own little experiences. So yeah. um, they'll just be like, well, I'm from, you know, I'm from Alderaan or whatever. You yeah. Know, like there was a, I will say, uh, they say, I've always said Chandrilla, never heard it out loud. And somebody on board was like, yes, this is the Chandrilla star lines. Oh. And I was I, like, oh, this is oh, fancy. Oh, that's not, yeah, that's not how I would have pronounced it either. Good to know. Mm, this is like Tarjay. <laughs> yeah <laughs> uh so yeah that's good times yeah i'm sorry i keep like diverting us back to like that your halcyon trip Look, like i'm not I'm, mad <laughs> we were talking about han and leia and mostly han sorry <laughs> okay han yes han doesn't like being cold han they get in a fight because she he calls her thing a con and he's like but i helped you and then she's like what like you'll never understand how hard and how important these things are like and then they get in a fight and he's like, why are like, we're on this stupid honey. Like I came to this honeymoon to be with you and you're just off there taking a bridge trip and doing yeah. this and that. They won't even let me fly this ship. Ha ha. Um, it's really cute. I like their fight. I think their first fight is cute. I it's, mean, it's probably not their first fight. I mean, like they were fighting all their along. First married but, like, fight. Yeah, their first married fight. And we yeah. got to be there for it. I like it. They got to fight with a ring on it. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, so like throughout this book, like she's sort of looking at her little her little uh frozen sap ring yeah and she's like oh no there's like a crack in it like and she starts to feel that that's like a representation she's like just like you know maybe our love isn't gonna last like everything is temporary and like how am i expecting somebody to be like with me and all i can do is like all this i can't stop working and i can't stop fighting the for the future but like you know well and meanwhile the the anxiety (laughs) of all of that she's fiddling with it all the time it's like don't touch it (laughs) stop touching if you left it alone would be fine (laughs) made the damn crack it it was inevitable that it was gonna like break and you know i like the the way that they brought in the new ring was a really i think that was really well executed actually but the fact yeah the fact that she was like kind of fiddling with it all the time and had all this anxiety about it it was just okay well that's a that's a cause and effect thing you need to think about (laughs) there you go but I love that it's just a representation of the relate. Like she doesn't know how to be in this relationship because all she's ever done is work. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like it's that thing too. So they divert to the planet. They end up diverting the honeymoon. So like score one for the Organa solos. Yep. Um, they go to Madurs, which is this ice planet of artists who only create works in ice. So all of their art is like beautiful and temporary. 
um, as they're like traveling from the Halcyon to the palace, they see like, what is that weird, like crashed black space station with Imperial symbols on it way far away? I don't know. Yeah, they're like, what do you oh mean? What black tower with giant Imperial symbol on it? There's uh, cracks I don't know all around it. I saw it from the ship. <laughs> I didn't see anything. I was looking straight ahead. Yeah. Um, and this happens like a few times. They go and they see like how they fish and how they like work together to trap these giant fish so they can all eat the whole village and stuff. And yet in the background, there's all these like Imperial, like there's like this weird sense that the Imperials are here. But they can't tell if they were like they ask about the Black Tower thing and they were like, oh, it was one of their like space stations and it got it got destroyed and fell down. And now it's like in the cracked ice. And they're like, OK, yeah, good to y'all, know. Y'all just left it there just like that. All right. Yeah. They're like, we're going to circle back mm-hmm. to this later, but yeah. continue. <laughs> and she keeps trying to find ways to ask things, but she can't get a straight answer out of this dude. Who's the. Yeah. I don't know the chant, like whatever. The, I think he's like this. the prime minister of go. the planet. Yeah. That sounds right. Sounds Canadian. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Uh, you know, and, but, but she's like everything he says, she's like, ah, it sounds like he wants to tell me something, but he can't tell me something. And then like, they're starting to put pieces like, well, they drove us out by the thing so we could see the thing, but they just didn't take us to it. So maybe if we like get the little, Oh God, what are they called? I should have wrote it down. Yeah, I can't remember what the, like, not, the horses yeah, basically are called, like, but yeah. They're called like morses. Or, it's like half moose, half they're Pruce <laughs> or Druce or something. I think Pruce is, I thought, I thought it started with a P, but it's essentially it's a horse-drawn carriage. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's got to be Pruce. <laughs> uh, go ahead and tell me I'm wrong uh, on Twitter. Uh, so they end up writing those things out to try to see this, and they see that the it's like slightly operational, but not fully operational. And then, of course, they find out the Empire is there, led by Commander Beck, who's now that Beck has seen that like Han and Leia are there, is like, oh, I got to capture them. Leia is important. And also, I really hate Han because one time he used that tractor beam trick on me. Ah, um, uh, that's right. They did mention that in that book. Because yeah. my whole feeling with her as soon as, uh, let's see, Ambassador and Senior Commander Alicia Beck, when she's introduced to the story, I'm just like, mm-hmm. I'm supposed to know who this is. I'm supposed to know what, where the story, whatever story was that she was introduced. Like, I feel like I'm supposed right. to know who this is. It was, uh, what is it called? Smuggler's Run. It was those like yeah. three ones that came out right before Force Awakens. Gotcha. Yeah, yeah. that's what I thought somebody had said. It was a part of the journey to the Force Awakens. Yeah. And I was like, yeah, I guess I, I guess I missed that. But do we assume that she's named after Carrie Beck? Is she named after the Lucas oh. Zack? <laughs> I did not think of that. Uh, I would sure. like to, if I was in the story group, I would want to be I would want to have Star Wars characters named after me. Yeah, and I don't care totally. if they I don't care if they're villains. <laughs> That's fair. Uh, what did I just know? Uh, the closest I have is the like mechanic on Galax in, in Batu. Her name is Salju, but they call her Sal. That's right. I remember that. So like, I remember hey. her. That's Close like enough. Mine. That's pretty cool. I mean, it's that, or I got to stick with Salacious Crumb. So those are my only two options. <laughs> so I've, you know, I'm going with Salju. Sorry. Yeah, Sorry, I go with Grasso. that one. <laughs> <laughs> um. So basically, they're deciding like whether they should help them or, or like they want to take on the Empire, but the people are not sure if they want to or not, and they end up trying to come up with a plan that's like they're gonna go down and destroy like the last of the repulsor lifts that are holding the stupid station up so that the station just sinks but the station has done so much drilling or whatever that it's like destabilized the core of the planet so that even though they're going to destroy the station and stop it from destroying it more 
the planet is already like doomed, which is like giving me shades of Padme's poor plight about how she tried to save those people whose sun blew up and they took them well, to another planet and they did shades of a new dawn too. I'm like, we've kind oh, of yeah. done the mining thing That's quite true. a bit in mm-hmm. star Wars, but I don't really mind because I like, again, like bringing those real, real world elements in and being like, yeah, um, actually we're destroying our planet by yeah. the way. Mm-hmm. And we really should like be conscious of that. Yeah. Like I like how they brought sort of climate change yeah, yeah. Uh, into yeah, totally. this story. I thought yeah. it was interesting. And oh, I yeah. like the, you know, we we're talking about the earthquakes and how they're like, they were timed oh, right. and they started noticing that they were on like a schedule. Like mm-hmm. that was, it was an interesting component of this yeah. planet. That was really cool. I totally forgot about that. But yeah, I totally like the like, oh, like we shouldn't just go and steal resources from the people who fish in these places and now they can't fish. Huh. Yeah. Um, imagine the consequence. Imagine that there are consequences yeah. to your actions. Like, oh, but then they'll imagine? have nowhere to go. I'm sorry. <laughs> How is that my problem? Yeah, yeah. exactly. It um, sucks. Yeah. So they go and they're trying to destroy the station and everything. And they end up destroying the station. But. Like this planet still is not stabilized and the people don't have anywhere to like relocate to or whatever. And they're trying to figure out what they can do. They don't know. And they're talking to the Halcyon and the Halcyon's like, Hey, look though, uh, you may, you might want to talk to this dude. Remember that guy that tried to kill your wife? <laughs> He's and Han really is like, smart. No. And Han is like, this fucking guy, dude. Yeah. No, why <laughs> him? Oh man. But he does end up sort of saving the day. So at least we are somewhat grateful that Han didn't throw him out the airlock. True. So, and then they save the planet, but also like there's a whole, there's a whole flight. They destroy the station, but Alicia tries to take off in one of her ships. Like, and then at that point, I think Han gets to fly the Halcyon. Oh, that's right. Did the, okay, now I don't remember how her story ends. Do they like capture her? Sh- yeah, because that's when like Shara Bay comes into the story. Yeah, I yeah, think, yeah. and that's they kind when, of yeah, take backup. Comes. Yeah, that's right. But like he bumps the ship. Yeah, <laughs> he's like, no, 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 I got it. Don't worry. And the <laughs> and I'm like, oh, he just hit somebody with a halcyon. That's pretty dope. Yeah, um, it's like no, it's fine. It can take mm-hmm, it. It can fine. take a little bit. <laughs> and I like that that pays off the whole like beginning thing to where like Leia's like, oh, I'm gonna go on a tour of the like you know, the cockpit and the, 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 the engine room or whatever. And he's like, you think they'll let me fly it? No. <laughs> <laughs> of course, that's like the one thing that yeah. he wants to do. I'm like, you know that there are lots of people that are going on the Halcyon in real life who are mm-hmm. just like, I have exactly one goal, and that is to fly the ship. Uh, and then she's like, uh, she says at that part of the book, she's like, you know, this is like the best view in the ship. Like, maybe you should let people come on the, you know, the, the, the bridge. Yeah. And he's like, that is highly unorthodox. Spoilers, I went to see the bridge on the Halcyon. They totally do that now, and I got to fly it around. It was really cool. Yeah, like the fact that they let guests do that. I'm like, okay, this part, it felt just a little bit forced. Just a little <laughs> bit of all of the like like Disney Park tie-in components of this book. That was the part I was like, okay, come on. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But overall, most of them landed just fine for me. That's fair. So we get to like the epilogue of the book. And in the audiobook. This is like where they both join, like the narrators, like instead of one chapter and one chapter, they're both reading like Han and Leia at once. Yes. And it was really, really cute, actually. Super it adorable. Was, I didn't see it coming either. I was just like, I did not realize they were going to do this. I didn't I'm see so them going this did. hard on it. Yeah. <laughs> like, they like really committed to that. <laughs> so the whole idea is like in the beginning of the book, 
when he's like, okay, we're going on a thing. Like, Hey man, go like upgrade the ship. Like we should do something like really nice. Like this is kind of our home. Cause Han thinks of the ship as a home. Mm-hmm. Whereas like Leia has no home anymore. Cause she lost a planet. So he's like, what can I do? Like what we should do something to the Falcon that she'll like really appreciate. Like, you know what? Let's put like a nice little like kitchen hit in there. <laughs> <laughs> or whatever it's called. Oh man, and it was uh, the full-on explanation of, uh, or the full best example of it's the thought that counts. Yeah, and Chewie delivers, and then when they get back, and he's like, "Look what I did for you," <laughs> and she's like, laughing her brains out, and she's like, "You think I can cook?" <laughs> oh man, the fact that she was just howling through that whole scene, and again, yeah. so perfectly executed in the audiobook. Well beautifully performed yeah uh by both and he's like i don't know i just like i thought <laughs> like <laughs> like mark thompson's han is pretty solid uh-huh. you know like that that's all that's well done and i this is another of the with this year in particular we've been getting a lot of these books that are these major major characters that we have known for years you know we got brotherhood we got uh padawan we got this and not just the audiobook, but reading it off of the page, like those other books, the voices are so well done that I can really hear it in my head. Like, I think Beth Revis did an excellent job of capturing both Leia and Han's voice. Yeah, she really did. Yeah. Especially in this this last scene in particular is just so on point yeah. with these two characters. It, it was great. It, it's really, really, really good. And I think that's something that, like I said, lately, this past year, they've been doing an excellent job with uh, Brotherhood is another book that I didn't expect to enjoy as much as I did. Yeah, I'm um, in the same boat. I really liked that book too. Yeah, but the the voices of, of Obi-Wan and Anakin at that point was really, really solid. Yeah. So all in all, I really enjoyed this book. I kind of like when Star Wars digs into a little bit of the romance stuff and it's like fun. And then I also just like fun and funny Star Wars. I like Star Wars when it's not so... What's the word I'm looking for? Like sometimes Star Wars can take itself so seriously that it forgets to be fun. And this book does not have that problem. I can see that. Yeah, yeah. It really doesn't. This it is a lot of fun. And I, I like that, you know, if you're if you're gonna come into it with a cynical perspective mm-hmm. of this is just like a whole advertisement for the Disney Park, right. like you're gonna see you're gonna see a lot of that mm-hmm. and you're gonna focus on it. And it but if you can just kinda like let that go and just accept it for what it is, like you're gonna enjoy this book a lot more, I think. Yeah. And like, and my thing with that, like, uh, like I said, biased, 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 but just like if the Galactic Star Cruiser didn't exist, this would be the same book. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, and that's kind of, I I feel the same way about Black Spire and Crash of Fate and all that. Like the place could literally not be anything. Or if you've never been there or never read about it, if you didn't know that there was a Disneyland hotel. You could read this book and just be like, oh, that was a cute book about a. Yeah, exactly. Like, oh, that was a cute story. Like. There's no part where Leia's like, don't forget, put in code Leia20 for 20% off uh, Halcyon, <laughs> uh, whatever. Yeah. Uh, and they could have done that. They you could have done I mean? that. It was an option. I feel like there's a line. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, the beginning of this is like, it's pretty romance heavy. If that's off-putting to people, just know mm-hmm. that it's really only the, thir- the first quarter, first third or so of the book. Yeah. Because the rest of it is like, it's, a, it's an adventure tale. And yeah. ultimately, it's a really charming story. So I, I really enjoyed it. I know that there are going to be people who aren't super into romance that may not enjoy it. Sure. And that will be reading too far into the like, 
the sort of in your face of the halcyon mm-hmm. component to it. But when it comes to like who I think would re- who would actually enjoy this book, I would say people who enjoyed Black Spire, because if you enjoyed that, I think you'll okay. be able to enjoy this just fine. And if you're just like one of those people that hasn't read a ton of the Star Wars novels, but you're really into this period between like Return of the Jedi and The Force Awakens, yeah. where we have all of the space where we don't know a ton about what was happening during this time period outside of like the, you know, the new shows that we're getting on Disney right, Plus. Right. But before that, it was kind of like we had the Aftermath trilogy mm-hmm. and then we got Bloodline and then we had the Alexander, the Alphabet, uh, Alphabet, Alphabet Squadron stuff. I'm like, I'm not going to lie. Alphabet Squadron the trilogy and the aftermath trilogy are a little bit tedious to read. So if people don't read those, I get it. This is a fun one to read to sort of kind of get the vibe of what's happening in the galaxy at this time. Fair. I, uh, alphabet squadron, I think might be, well, I I enjoy both of those trilogies, but I feel like if you can get through the first book, both of them, like that sets you up for the rest. Like alphabet squad, uh, y'all read the first alphabet squad, and I'll be like, I'm sorry, who is this again? Okay, no, that's right. Okay, I remember. I remember now. That's right. Okay, you know, like, but then by the time you get to the second book, all that groundwork is laid, and then I, for me, I connected to the characters in Alphabet Squadron quite a bit. Um, that's so fair. that's like by this, but by the second book is when I really started enjoying what was happening, and I was like, oh no, what is you know, k- k- oh man, see now. I'm, Erica Quell. <laughs> no, I was thinking of the other, uh, the one, the cool one with the mask. Oh yeah, um, Kairos. Kairos. Yes. Yeah. I really enjoy Kairos, even though they have very little, like, like very little dialogue. Yeah, very intriguing character yes, overall. Yes. Um, and aftermath stuff, you know, good times. Yeah. Uh, let's see. For me, I would recommend this to like anybody who's in like who wanted that Han and Leia romance for years. Like this is it. Yeah. Even if you read Courtship of Princess Leia, give this book a chance. Yeah. And even knowing like how their relationship ultimately pans out. This is such a good it's such a great Han and okay. Leia story, yeah. particularly like a good Leia story, I think. So having. OK. Just going off of that sentence that you just said right there real quick. Okay. So there's a thing that people say that I don't feel like I agree with. That's like, well, like, of course, like Kylo Ren is like crap because like he was abandoned by his parents and da, da, da. And I'm like, I think they had a good relationship. And I think when they lost him is sort of when things started to fall apart, but they never stopped loving each other. Like, I don't think that Han and Leia had a bad relationship. No. I and mean, even when we're in Bloodline and exactly. we're six years before Force Awakens, like they still loved each yeah. other. And they're like, they're sort of like independent married people. Yeah. Like, they're sort of like she's doing her politic thing and he's doing their thing over there. Like, so there is a, like a bit of distance, but there's not a like, like a lot of, I, I don't know. It seems like everybody's like, well, Han was a crappy dad. So no wonder he killed him. And I'm like, I don't think he was a crappy dad. I think maybe yeah. he had trouble connecting with his kid in the way that he wanted to sometimes. Or, you know, he wasn't able to do Jedi things like Luke. But, like, I think, I don't think he was a bad dad. And I don't think Leia was a bad mom. And I think they were a decent family that just lost their kid. Yeah, I think <laughs> that's know? a good point. And I think that, you know, I I may have thought that way a little bit at some point. But I think Bloodline kind of changed that for me. Yeah, I'm like, this was this presented a very different scenario than how i pictured this to play out yeah so uh and i like that we got that that story to kind of solidify that yeah i think bloodline definitely like 
points like points those bricks in the right way and also yeah. maybe even a little bit of the rise of kylo ren even though it doesn't quite delve into the other side of it yeah but yeah, yeah. i don't know man. i just i just feel like there's a uh there's a little bit of the misunderstood kylo stuff that i think is like no nah, he just made bad choices man like just like anakin like he had stuff yeah. that was right in his life and he chose the other way well, and he also mm. had the grooming component happening all along, right. too. You know, him right. and Anakin both dealing with that. Like, in go. some cases, if it was kind of inev- inevitable that things played right. out the way they did. Right. Yeah, I don't know. I just, that's a thing that I think often with these uh, things. You know, and even a, a last shot sort of delves into Han being a parent and not sure, you know, trying to make choices and trying to yeah. figure out how to how to be a good parent. Um, yeah. Yeah, if you're a fan of Star Wars romance, I would also recommend Lost Stars and Crash of Fate. Oh, could we just talk about the the little Lost Stars cameo in this novel? Oh, I totally forgot. Yes. It was like one of my favorite parts of the book. I was just uh-huh. like, I don't know if we've gotten a single mention of these characters in a novel form since uh-huh. Lost Stars, I think. Yeah, no, I don't think so. I mean, unless you count the Lost Stars manga. <laughs> You know? exactly yeah that's yeah. true uh but yeah there's like one little part where there's like leia was off dancing with one of the like a uh, jellucan pilot you know with the he had the like jellucan symbol or whatever yeah and i was like i know that guy yeah i know he, him he danced with the princess at her wedding he was there oh, i like man, a lot of that stuff so good. like you, you mentioned before how shara bay comes into the picture like a lot of these ties to other characters that i know and love um some people might call that shoehorning, but I don't have a problem with it at all. That is the reason there's a story group is so that they can connect all of these things together. And when even when it's little things like this, yeah. I appreciate exactly. that. That we it's got a little like, Thane Kyrell mention. Exactly. Dude, uh, like uh, her dancing with a pilot from Jellican is like so not shoehorning in the way that in Rogue One, Jin bumps into somebody and he's yes. like, you better watch yourself. Yep. I'm like, yeah, not the same thing, bro. Yeah. Those uh, two things are very different, executed very differently. One go. was good, and one was shoehorning. <laughs> there you go. Uh, let's see, what else do I have here? I definitely, like, I feel, I think I heard Beth Reva say this in an interview somewhere, but she said this should fit very well with Leia, Princess of Alderaan, then this book, and then uh, Bloodline. So she's yeah. sort of catching her at key moments in her life. Exactly. I think if people are like, if you're a big Leia fan and you liked both of those books, this is a good one to add to that collection. Yeah, for sure. Uh, Both of those really, really good books. Yeah. Also. And just if you're like a Leia fan in general and want to check out some of the other stuff you missed in that year, War of the Bounty Hunters stuff, the Leia parts, if you read the Star Wars series, those issues, like it's kind of her really focusing on trying to rescue Han and all that. Um you know, dealing with losing him, which yeah. I really, really like. Um, and also, know. it's got one of my favorite uh, comic book panels of the century, which is Lando's face, and he's just like, beat his ass, Chewbacca. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so it's it's not that you were, we're not going to beat that anytime soon. And then, like I said before, Last Shot, another look. It's definitely more of a Han. Um, it's just be real. It's all a Han book. Yeah. But Han dealing with being a parent while actually having a kid is another yeah. like good look at a key moment in his life uh that i like i said if you're a han and leia fan this book those books fit with this book 
And also, if you like Beth Revis's stuff, let's see, Rebel Rising. I really like that book, like I said. She also did a couple of From a Certain Point of View books. Yeah, she had a couple stories here and there, I think. I think she did one of Piet and one of Mahdi. can't remember who it was. Okay. Interesting. Yeah. So she did one in each of those, which I hope soon. Look, all I'm saying is probably half the research she did for this book, she might be set up to do... An, a, a drunky walk story in from a certain point of view return of the jedi i mean who's gonna vote against that like Seriously. come on that has to be like a that's got to be a given look call me story group i can coordinate like i got it i got it all for you right here like, i got a shara bay one for you uh we got drunky walks uh i, I want to focus on poplu the one dude that like jumped on the speeder bike and rode it off with one hand before grabbing a vine <laughs> that's my boy right exactly. there um I have to think that that book is probably already in progress, yeah. right? And, like, I, it kind of makes me wonder, like, I wonder if maybe this story was, like, maybe going to be, or parts of the story was maybe going to be part of that. And they were like, oh, you know what? We okay. got to make this its own whole novel. Let's go. Let's do that. Okay. Yeah, that, that's fair. That's interesting. I like that. Yeah, we're, like, one year away, right? Because it's every yeah. 20 years. So, yep. Uh, can't wait for that announcement. And, yeah, man. I... That was fun. I like talking about books. I do too. Good <laughs> like I said, I don't get a lot of opportunity to do it these days because, yeah, John Roca doesn't read a lot of the books. I don't think uh, very often either. And Alice has been off of books for a while. Mm-hmm. So I really appreciate the invite. This was really fun. Yeah, good times. Uh, like I said, OG members of Team Fireball, always welcome. I forgot to tell you I was drinking a Naranja Picosa Chelada uh, for the show today. Yum because orange beer is dope love that yeah so that's good times uh man so you said you're gonna go to celebration london i'm planning to that's the plan for now i have a flight booked there and i have hotels booked and i have a plan to arrive early because i'm gonna have to attend like a board meeting for work from london like i'll have to attend like virtually mm-hmm. so i now have to like arrive even earlier to like sort of get adjusted to the time change and get set up working there and it's it's a whole thing so i have a right. plan in place to do all of that and then hopefully stay and maybe travel around for another week or so cool. around europe but we'll we'll see how it pans out yeah. i gotta i don't know i i really want to go i'm really looking forward to it because i had such a fun time at this most recent celebration because it was just such like a high the entire time of getting to have like it was just constantly getting to have reunions with all of these people i haven't gotten to like talk to and hug in person in so long and now i'm afraid that like london's gonna be like a letdown after that because (laughs) not everybody can make that trip to london you know it's that's a far trip so i i get it but I'm afraid it's just not going to be as fun as this one was. Yeah. Every time they move it off the continent, I'm like, well, have fun, y'all. Like, yeah. I'll be streaming yeah. it. I think uh, the last London one I was watching, I usually would just stream it at home. You know, be watching the panels live and stuff. So yeah, that was a, that was an interesting Rogue One panel there. <laughs> yeah, I can imagine. I, I didn't um, do any of the virtual attendance and I haven't really gone back and watched any of the panels mm-hmm. from Celebration 2016, but 2017 was my first one and i've been hooked ever since okay is that that's chicago right was that chicago uh 2017 was orlando Orlando. oh orlando okay that was the one yeah we did that one too so we did both anaheims and orlando we didn't make it to chicago and we didn't make it to london oh you didn't make it to chicago that's too bad we didn't do the chicago one 
It was really nice to have that here in my own backyard. I didn't yeah. have to go very far. <laughs> hey, I know how you feel. We just had, we had two in Anaheim. So like, we're like, sweet. Yep. It's um, a nice deal. Yeah. It worked out pretty well, man. Uh, well, I look forward to perhaps seeing you at a celebration when they bring it back to the States. Uh, we should probably jump on a few more of these books. Uh, you know, maybe we'll get back into High Republic stuff and uh, see how that goes. Oh, I'm so excited for yeah. High Republic to come back. I'm skeptical because I really love Phase 1. Yeah. And now they took me away from Phase 1 and I'm still kind of mad about that. But I have uh, a feeling they're going to make up for it. I have a yeah. feeling it's going to be great. I have full faith in the team. Straight up. I am very much looking forward to things. And like I said, everything is already looking interesting and I have no idea who these people are. Right. But also exactly. something happened all Dalna and I need to get to the bottom of it. I need to hear all about and the Dalna cult. I That's am, what I want. I am awaiting with bated breath these books. So, yeah. All Ditto. right. Well, I appreciate you. Uh, tell everybody again where they can find you online. Yeah, thank you so much for having me, Sal. This yeah. is this is amazing. Um, I am on Twitter at shutup underscore Laura. Same handle on Instagram. And the show that I host with my friend Alice is at Force Toast Pod on Twitter. So follow that and you'll find a link to our website where you can find us on all major podcast platforms. Sweet. And once again, we are the Rogue Ribbles Pods. Hey, peep, go ahead and give us a five star review because we're awesome. And you should you need to let the rest of the Internet know that we're awesome because people don't know, apparently. Uh to make that happen for us, I will be incredibly thankful. Subscribe to us. As I heard on another podcast, it means nothing to you and everything to us. Uh, <laughs> so if you could just do that for us and give us a shout out whenever you can. And we will keep trying to put things out. I think I'm going to be podcasting very soon about video games, particularly the VR stuff. Because I just beat Vader Immortal and Tales from the Galaxy's Edge. Nice. Uh, and they're pretty cool. And also, the fam and I went to go see Rogue One at the El Cap here in town for its cool re-release. And so I am going to Jealous. find a way to make my kids cry. Watch this. <laughs> Wait till you hear that episode. I have an excerpt that I'm going to read from the book. <laughs> oh, and my gosh. Fam, friends, they are not ready. Yeah. Good yeah, times. it's a good one. I wish I could have gone to the re-release of the movie, but they weren't doing it in San Francisco, and that's where I was when that yeah, yeah, yeah. came out. That's surprising. How are they? Like that's the home of Lucasfilm. Y'all don't. Y'all I know. Don't... I couldn't. I couldn't find a screening anywhere. Yeah. So maybe they were either sold out, like it sold out really right, quickly, right. or it just wasn't an option. I don't yeah, know. What you need to do is you just need to go straight up with Lucasfilm and be like, "Hey, yeah, what time are y'all showing Rogue One?" Yeah, just like stroll uh -huh. right past yeah. the Yoda fountain, go uh -huh. straight in the front doors. And Here's be like, 10. Hello, Here's I'm 10 here. Bucks. Where's the popcorn at? <laughs> I know they have a theater there. I've been in that theater before. Mm -hmm. oh, I know you got one. Yes. Yes, that's where we go to. Like I said, I've been recommending for years that people go see Rebels and Resistance on the big screen because usually that's where we would be when they would Good have a, a premiere or something. It would be there. Nice. It was very, very nice. All right. Uh, thank you, everyone, for listening. Go check this book out, The Princess and the Scoundrel. I promise you, even if you did not get on the Halcyon, you will still enjoy it. Um, Leia is hilarious in this book and angry and Han thinks he's wearing Alderanian clothes thank you very much goodbye the podcast is over